0: Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol C. F-L-O, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the Betashares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. Betashares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to Rask's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Welcome to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. Uh, it's a very special episode because I'm joined by Jordan and Daniel from Gray Space Advisory. How are you guys going?
1: Good, mate. How you going? Hey, mate.
0: How are you? Good, good. You're joining us from Sydney. So I'm obviously Melbourne based. You guys are based in Sydney um, at your office. Whereabouts is your office, Jordan?
1: Uh, we're in Alexandria, so it's about 10, 10 or so minutes out of the city, uh, right across the road from the, the grounds, which is a popular cafe and, and venue. So,
0: yeah, don't give away your uh, address too close. So you never might never know who will rock up and uh, want some accounting advice. Um, but <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought maybe just before we get into sharing some things that we wish we knew about business sooner, um, and it's taken us this long to figure out, um, maybe we'll just just go over a little bit about you guys. Uh, Daniel, maybe just starting with you, mate. How did you get into this? Like, how long have you been in accounting? Like, what, what made you move into this field as a profession? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough,
2: um, I was a bit lost, you know, finishing year 12, as a lot of people are. Um, decided to, to go to university, got the marks, obviously. Gave a business course a go, which, mm-hmm. you know, gives you a, a really good array of different avenues down the business world and i actually just fell into accounting because i was good at it um Hmm. accounting 101 came really really simple and that more or less started my journey got got a job very young as an undergrad Mm -hmm. and more or less that was that was about you know nine years ago now and here we are starting up you know my own firm in in january 2022
0: with jordan here yeah cool so how about you then jordan like you guys do you guys know each other for a long time
2: yeah
1: so actually funny you say that we actually started off at the same firm like daniel said i think it was about nine years ago now yeah um in undergrad positions so started off there daniel stayed on for a bit i, I went went on to work uh in the city and then funny enough we ended up coming back around and ended up at the same firm again and we thought <laughs> you know what <laughs> why don't we just do this ourselves so here yeah.
0: we are <laughs> yeah cool that's great so um you primarily work with businesses, obviously, that are like, um, and if I'm not mistaken, like businesses that are your ideal is like people that are thinking like, how can we transition? How can we grow this business? Because you offer um, like business advisory is like a core competency, right? Like it's a key strength the firm that you guys run. Yeah. Um, can you just maybe, Jordan, if you just take a minute to talk us through that? Like, what is kind of like who who are your typical clients and what are they what are their problems?
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, we do target. Um, Businesses that turn over, you know, anything from zero up until a couple of million dollars. Um, We have the industries that we we have, uh, you know, tradesmen, um, agencies, um, e-commerce, got quite a few e-commerce clients as well. And I guess what differentiates us from other accounting firms is we don't just focus on tax compliance. So, you know. your your BAS, your business activity statement, your tax return and your financial statements. We like to get a bit more involved with our clients and help them along their business journey. So Mm -hmm. a traditional relationship with an accountant is, you know, you talk with them once a quarter and then when you've got to do your tax return and they'll just give you whatever you have to pay for your BAS and your super and whatnot. Where Daniel and I like to sort of differentiate ourselves is to be more involved in the business. So what I mean by that, things like, you know, if strategic planning, so, you know, they want to get to X or well, how do we get there? What systems do we need to implement? What you know, what cash do we need? What assets do we need to buy? When do we make higher? So we like to offer a bit of a different service. It's a bit more involved as opposed to, you know, your traditional tax compliance accounting yeah. service.
0: Which I think is the way the industry is going anyway, right? Like we see a lot of um, small business solutions like this, a lot of like, like zeros of the world and things like that where, um, it's it is helping to make job life easier and your job easier but at the same time like that doesn't help you necessarily make a good decision of how do who do I look for when I'm hiring how do I expand how do I expand the right way um, like what do I need to know to make this optimized like sure the analytics and all that can help but there's certainly limitations to that so getting the right advice at the right time is just so important uh, Daniel maybe maybe we'll start with you mate because we've got we've got three things each yeah um, <laughs> Maybe we'll start with you about things that you, like One, what's one thing that you kind of wish you knew about business that you've kind of only figured out recently, I guess?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to state the really obvious one at the start, mm-hmm. and that's the value of time. You know, I think you really take it for granted until you start running a business, until you've mm-hmm. literally got to do everything. You know, coming from a professional firm, we had receptionists, we had admin assistants, we had junior staff a lot of people around you to support you to be able to hit certain sort of targets. And then coming out, starting your own firm or starting your own business, you start wearing all the hats of the business, you know, from organising licensing, insurance, your own admin, marketing, finances, you've got to research, you know, your own software solutions, build processes. There's so many little mm-hmm. avenues that you've got to actually focus on as a business owner, and that's not even including Getting the actual buildable workout, or actually producing a, a monetized product. Um, so mm-hmm. I think for for me, it was sort of learning the importance of prioritizing and planning a little bit more. Because um, I, I came out being a business owner, I've seen it a lot as a sort of professional in what we do. But then actually, you know, putting it into action and, and having to organize everything. I thought I was going into a really flexible world. We didn't have many clients when we first started. So I've got heaps of time on my hands. No, that was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's the obvious one though, that I wanted to sort of start with. Is that that time is precious, it's scarce, and we really got to value it and and do things that actually bring value to business.
0: How do you? How do you? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess we're going to cover a few things, and maybe this will yeah. will come up. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some things like the difficulty for me is always deciding like what should be outsourced, what should you mm-hmm. do internally, that type of thing. But maybe yeah. I feel like maybe one of your points might be around that. So I don't want to like step on any toes here. Jordan, maybe we'll f- throw to you. I've got a few thoughts on that as well. Yeah,
1: cool, cool. So yeah, I guess one of the one of my first points was going from that employee mindset to employer um, and that sort of rolls mm-hmm. on to what Daniel was saying where, you know, you'd come to work, whether you're a, a tradesman, you know, a creative or, or an accountant like us, you come to work just to produce the product, whether it's a video tax return or building a, a new fence, but that was it. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's really not like that when you're going into business, there's so many other things that are happening in the background that when you're sitting at your desk, you know, just punching out work, uh, you know, there's other stuff happening in the background. So like Daniel said, um, marketing the admin stuff even things as simple as going and getting the mail <laughs> i mean, when we started, we're like oh you know have we checked have we checked the mail lately no no we hadn't <laughs> so it's, it's shifting our mindset from being a technician to a business owner um, that's you know i think that's something that
0: we've we learned
1: very quickly but i think it's really important to identify that there's a lot more happening just besides what you're doing as a as an accountant or a creative
0: yeah, I um, I got to admit, like, you can see the business owners in the room. They have this kind of, like, air about them where you know that, they're, like, they're thinking about 10,000 other things while they're <laughs> chatting to you. Just You just know. Um, and I see that, like, even when you go to, like, family barbecues, you can, like, identify the people that own their own business or have run their own business. They're either, if they're currently running their business, like, so wired, and if they're not, if they're no longer running their business, they just look like they're a free spirit because they're so... Um, because they're so like de-stressed from running the business for so long, but I love that idea of like not checking the mail and forgetting about it. Um, I would say I'll probably go with one of the things which it's taken me a long time to figure out, which is um, just that when you you can step away from your business um, from time to time, and it won't, it shouldn't die. Like if you you don't need to do a lot of things well, I think. I think a lot of people think to themselves that. I cannot get off the the trigger now because i off, off the shovel or whatever tool that you use because it's going to die. And I'd say like everyone struggles with this that I've met. I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. And every time I do that, it's fine. Like things are okay. You make it work. And that's really important for work-life balance. So I just say for people that uh, this is their first red AO, first business, uh, it's okay, and you should be feel okay to step away from a business because you need that balance in your life too because otherwise everything else just gets sacrificed. So yeah. um, that would probably be my first one. Didn't mean to bring down the mood. Um, <laughs> so, so, Daniel, hopefully you can bring us back up again. But uh, yeah, that would be my first one.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I, I think my next one's
2: slightly more technical. I think it was learning to build processes, right, as, as professionals, as sort of business owners are generally quite good at what we do, which is why we go out into business. But then having these building processes so that you can actually scale becomes really, really important. And, you know, in line with with the time component, building these processes, creating efficiency. We want to simplify, you know, task procedures, have them on paper so that we can get help. We can get people that, you know, when we want to focus on value-add activities, we can get people in to go get mail for us, you know, do some of the admin, prepare some of the emails, um, you know, teach people how to, you know, do basic things on, on zero. even, you know, some junior staff. And I think the best way for us, sort of, the way we did it was to build these processes so that people have a clear direction of how to do things, you know. A, a lot of what we see is, you know, some of our clients aren't always happy with their staff, and the first thing I ask them is, have you told them what to do? Like, is there, is there a clear sort of directive for these people to mm-hmm. get things done? A lot of the times, it's no. It's like, oh, I expect them to do this, this. I expect them to know X. Really hard to scale in a quick time when your staff don't really know what they're doing in terms of where they're heading, how clear you are. So I, I found building processes was super super, super important, you know, before mm-hmm. even hiring.
0: Where where do you guys document these types of things? Like, what tool do you use to do that? We've got a couple.
1: Um, we have like an industry specific tool which is called Carbon. We do use Notion as well. If we if we're just having a brainstorming session, we've set up a Notion workspace where uh, Daniel and I would just you know jump into an office and just put everything on, onto the computer, I guess. And we also yeah. use and and Word as well. We try to veer you know steer away from that because you know. Save it into a folder, forget about it. Um, that's why we like using Notion because it's very centralized. But for all of our industry specific processes, it's in carbon. Yeah,
2: platform. Yeah. carbon's fantastic. It's it creates a work item for everything that needs to get done. Within that work item, you you have tasks, you know, as simple as, you know, reconcile bank, yes. save certain reports in certain file. It's a real checklist so that people can just jump in and clearly go, What well, do I need to to, the, to do this job, yeah. is tick box one, tick box two, tick box. Two. Very
1: similar to Asana, Asana, and your Mondays yeah, and whatnot. Just, just yeah. being built for accountants. That's right.
0: Yeah, cool. That's really interesting. So anyone that is listening to this that is an accountant could use Carbon. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, we use Notion as well. Because I, I remember when we caught up in Sydney, um, you guys were saying, oh, "I'll put that down in Notion." I was like, "Ah, oh, there we go." Someone else that uses it too, because it's uh, something that I've talked about a lot. We use it for our investing research, but we also use it for like HR. Yeah, we use it for basically everything, which is yeah, that's it's like our world, you call it like our centralized, centralized business. business. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: it's, it's more or less like the business brain, just you know, documented somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I need it, and I definitely need to get better. And actually, I'm gonna jump ahead of you, Jordan. I'm gonna actually share mine, yeah. which, um, because it relates perfectly to, to Daniel's point, which is that I didn't, I, I took too long. T- I always thought the scaling, because I come from a tech background, was always like automation, like. Can your server handle the demand from this particular thing that you're running? Which, when you think about it, for like 99 of businesses, that's actually not something that anyone should really think about. It's probably like, how do you get the most out of what you're already doing? And for me, I didn't realise how important clear communication was. Like, I I know that like everyone talks about it, but like actually, how important that is. Like, is, like I always thought that was like meaningless, to be honest. And I was like, yeah, sure, everyone just gets it. No, no everyone does not get it like it doesn't like Sorry. people just don't have a wire straight into your brain so yeah uh, i, I found, and i found that to be to to your first point jordan Is actually the issue that i've found right it's like a lot of people that start businesses are really good technicians but they can't make that next step and i think that's where the communication is where they break down i don't yeah. know if you guys feel that or 100%.
2: That, that's probably the first thing i identify with a lot of new business owners is that they Forget to to step away and work on the business. They're just great at what they do. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't work without the you know the right communication
1: tools. Something yeah. you know a, as simple as you know. Sometimes you expect people
0: to know what you're thinking. No, <laughs> <It> doesn't work. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but and, and it's, yeah, and it's like you, you got it. You're the one that's ultimately responsible, right? When you step into this world, so yeah. So that was my second. It's just like you know having that that communication is is built on like the, this, the communication. But I think you also need like the incentive structure as well behind that, like, because you can communicate where you want something to be unless they're motivated to do that. But you have to find a way to motivate them to do that. Sometimes it's just like the salary is enough, but sometimes if it's like a big project or something and you've like communicated this vision, sometimes they need a little bit more to push them down that path. Um, yeah. it's like a bit whatever. Yeah. Um, So that was my second one. Sorry to jump ahead here, John. That's okay. You go for it, mate. What's your number two?
1: So I've number two for me is not doing everything yourself you know at the start you're wearing all the hats and you you know thinking I need to do this I need to do that I have to do everything I think it's important sometimes to lean on other people and what I mean by that is for uh, what's an example that we came across you know um, SEO star, SEO mm. watching YouTube videos and whatnot countless hours trying to work out what to do. And then i thought you know what it's probably better if we just pay someone to to do our seo and take care of our website because my time's spent um it's it's better spent elsewhere so Mm -hmm. that's what you know both daniel and i identified early on as well is that we can't just be doing everything ourselves because our time is valuable um and you know that's for for us mainly was it was the marketing and, and trying to do the marketing uh, and the sales, the sales stuff as well. But, you know, we're still sort of doing all the sales stuff ourselves. So mainly the marketing for us.
0: Yeah. I think that's um such good advice. It's hard when you're starting out as a business because you are basically a, the marketing team of one, right? Yeah. Um, but then there's certain needs arise. What What are some examples of other things? So is it just SEO or is there other things that you've, you guys have outsourced? Is there anything in particular like that or even in businesses that you see like any advice yeah. that you give to other businesses I think I
1: think the main thing for other businesses is the finance function and it's sort of where we would step in yeah for um, sure. you know, sometimes people will try and reconcile their own zero file and um, you know it's just it's not worth <laughs> it They're going to sit there for hours and like with all due respect it's going to be wrong <laughs> yeah. so I think I think that's the, one of the main things that we see is people trying to save money in the wrong areas um I would yeah. say yeah, mainly that finance function.
0: Yeah. And, and most people, yeah, Yeah, it's not only is it more com- <laughs> more compliant, but it's also like it's just something – it's just like a massive headache for a lot of people. Like we – I think I told you guys this, that um I tried to like cover like how to think about cash flow and whatever, but um, I was just like trying to explain that in like only like 20 minutes is like close to impossible. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you need <laughs> – you need some experts <laughs> on your side, so um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, throw back to you, Daniel, then, mate. Um, what's yours? Third and final. Yeah, all right. So, for, so my
2: sort of third and final one to, to wrap it up. I've gone a little bit sort of out of the box with this one um, and down a sort of positive route. A lot of us generally have some type of sort of passion towards what we do. Um, so I wish I knew how much how rewarding what we do is on a day to day basis. You know, I know personally, Jordan and I were were pretty blessed, even yourself, we actually get to help people. Um, A lot of our role, yes, it's sort of compliance, doing numbers, but the actual basis behind it, we help people manage their money so that they can continue to grow, help their families, um, and you know what, reap some of the the rewards in life. Um, So sometimes I sort of go, oh, you know what, I wish I'd done this earlier, because you wake up doesn't matter how many hours you've done, how tired you are, a lot of the time you sit back and go, you know what, this is really worth it. This is fantastic. Mm. You know, money aside, the the reward you get from seeing other people succeed, especially for me personally, that sort of outweighs all the, you know, potential negatives that, you know, we've sort of spoken about, you know, we wish we knew. Mm. Um, sort of the rewards, you know, we get from following your passion, doing what you love, having control over you know, where your business heads, the direction it goes. Um, to me, that's probably the thing I wish I knew most because it would have taken a lot of the anxiety of starting mm. up away. Because, um, man, I go to sleep, I'm happy, I wake up and I can't wait to take the day. I don't care how busy I am, how many meetings are on, who I'm talking to, you, you're just happy.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so good. That's. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, I've spoken about with a lot of folks is um, just paying gratitude. Like you, whether you do that at the beginning or the end of the day, like there's that saying that like, I don't know if you guys have come across this, but the, like the brain's a very literal thing. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, today's going to be a good day, mm-hmm. by just saying that simple thing out loud, there's a yeah. better than an average chance that it will be a good day. So um, there's that one. And then at the end of the day, it's just like reflecting on what you did that day do you ever do that daniel do you ever reflect on the day or not really
2: you know absolutely um personally i, I manifest a lot I, you know like to put good energy into the air every time i wake up every time i got a better sort of sit back and i for me personally the end of the day i don't really ref- I, I don't know if i reflect it's more sort of what can i do tomorrow i'm, I'm so eager mm-hmm. to you know do more achieve more help more people for me i'm always sort of looking for for more. So at the end of the day, I sort of sit back, okay, cool. Today was this, X, Y, Z. What can mm. I do tomorrow? I, can I do more tomorrow? I want to do more tomorrow. So mm. um, that that's what I sort of generally, the mentality I generally have, you know, at the start of the morning So I go, all right, let's get it. And at, mm. at the end of the day, I go, okay, how can I do better? How can I do more? I can't wait to do more.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love that. I love that. And the positive energy, mm. it, uh, it's it, it must be definitely... Make you a better person to work with, to be honest, as well, because you you are so eager to do that. Like you want to, you want to show up, and you want to do your best work. So that's awesome. All right, Jordan. Maybe I will ch- jump straight to you, mate. Um, cool. What's your What's your third one? Um, the last one that I've got
1: is you know making your first hire, like, and why that's important. So mm-hmm. look, it's it's a tricky one because it's so broad. Um, but I think it is really important to make that first hire, so you can transition yourself away from being the technician of the business, regardless of what industry you're in. Um, yeah. You know, Take the example of a, a videographer where, you know, you need, to, you need to go out, you need to shoot, come back, do your edits and whatnot. If you're doing that as a business owner all day, it's going to become very, very hard to move forward with your business. Yeah. So I think it's very important to try and essentially get yourself off the tools, um, whatever tools they may be, so that way you can focus on the other value-added things. For, for Daniel and I, it was, you know what? We identified it early. We need to stop being able to, I shouldn't say stop because we haven't stopped, but we need to <laughs> take away some of this compliance work that we do all the time, um, you know, the number crunching and whatnot, so we can focus on the value added things for our clients. So I think, regardless of what industry you're in, making that first hire a technical hire is really important. So that way you can continue to expand your business.
0: That's really important. I, um, That's cool. I actually hadn't thought about that, but that's that's kind of what I did when I first made a hire. But um, it was a bit of a – it was kind of like a blend of the the, the two. It was kind of like a technical person but in an adjunct that I couldn't do, which was design and um, like all the creation. Because we actually – I haven't told you guys this, but we actually started as um, creating like animated videos on education for education and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I couldn't do that stuff myself. So I needed Sophie, who was a designer at the time. But then my second hire was exactly what you just described, which was like an analyst to help me with investment research, which makes sense. And that was just like liberating the freedom that I got from doing that. It's, it's so true. It is. It, it alleviates, you know, a lot of the stress that you'd
1: have as well thinking, I need to do this. I need to do this. And, and the, yeah. what that would always happen for Daniel and I is like, oh, at the start, it's like, no, I need to. Do do it i can't let go of it it's not yeah. going to work you know if i'm not doing it but it just it's just not like that
0: that's such a good thing like anyone listening to this and i'm glad you use like a non-finance example in the videographer as well because anyone listening to this could should think about that it's like what's the yeah. technical person that you can hire to do what it is that you're doing and free you up that's that's super cool well my actually my third one um was this year i had to let go of a lot of people i think i mentioned that to you guys when we caught up um yeah the week before last but um i'd let go of a lot of people and i didn't want to i don't want to have to do that again because um it wasn't like necessarily like a fundamentally wrong thing that we did we just went in a different direction with the business and um i just wanted to make sure that like i think if i if i reflect on that the one thing that i could have done better is probably had a clearer strategy like i probably could have sat down implemented uh, a strategy that was a bit clearer um and i would say if anyone that does get into the situation where they do need to let people down in that way they will survive like they will survive and um i'd also say that like um just be clear because like being clear with someone when it's bad news is so much better than the alternative Uh, i don't know if you guys ever had to do that but um like yeah i just would say be clear with people
2: yeah
0: yeah i think for i think for us it's, it's sort of understanding that
2: sometimes these tough conversations need to be had Um, whether it's letting someone down, you know, telling them that they're they're insolvent in some cases. These are tough conversations to have, but sometimes you just got to rip it off and and just, like you said, be clear. I think that's the only way to go about it, to be quite honest with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Well, um, I know you guys are based in in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne. But um, do you guys have clients, like, they can, like, dial in, like, Zoom and, like, chat with you guys um, from anywhere? Like, does it have, have to be in person?
1: No, no. So all of our um, clients are all up the eastern seaboard for now. So you know, Queensland, Melbourne, right. even South Australia. So we're fully um, online. While we, yeah, we do have an office. Um, majority of our stuff's done over Zoom and, and correspond. You know, email and zero. You know, yeah. not a not a sponsored plug, but zero's out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've said it a couple of times now, so we're, um, we're big advocates for it. So yeah, everything's online. Everything's in the cloud. Um,
0: Yeah. Hey, I might. I might actually just pick on your Jordan. Why? So why zero over say the alternatives? Like, what makes zero so special for you guys? Um, I think it's just preference, to be
1: honest. I mean, they all do the same thing, (laughs) but we we started started out in like an ancient software, no bank feeds. Um, but they've all got bank feeds. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just user preference. For us, it is zero because. If we have all of our clients on Zero, it helps us, with, like we said before, making those processes and streamlining those processes. And from a user perspective, we find that our clients, um, they might have been using MYOB or QuickBooks and then they'll transition into Zero, and it's much more user friendly. So yeah. the good thing about that is we can quickly jump on a Zoom or even talk them through how to do things if they want to raise an invoice or they're having a payroll issue. It's easy for us to both be in that file at the same time. Whereas sometimes with your older files, your MYOB and whatnot, that's,
2: yeah, non existent.
1: Mm. Yeah, right.
2: I, I think some of the other softwares have caught up, especially recently, but I just think Xero was the first, was ahead of its curve. And I know their other app integration is phenomenal, and yeah. they generally have better app integration. So if you were to use, you know, whether it be scheduling on Deputy, whether it be, um, what else do we use you know dext for for other record keeping and receipts the integrations are a lot yeah. easier that we find so we can actually customize software packages for clients pending what industry they're in and what they need out of their softwares um i, I just think the integration beyond sort of reporting is yeah. yeah probably better than the other ones purely because they were just first in it and i just think they are they're better at it personally
0: yeah, cool. That's good. That's an endorsement because I'm um I'm using zero, so <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> um, but um, I, I there will be a link in the show notes, and uh, if anyone interested in reaching out to Daniel or Jordan uh, and the team at Grayspace Advisory in Sydney, uh, please, there's a link in the show notes. Like, um, you can get a, a financial health check for your business. Um, just follow the links there. There'll be a landing page in there and you can learn more about what the guys are doing, but you'll be back with another episode with me shortly. So I appreciate you guys taking the time out today to, to join me on the show. Our pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian business podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer investor or entrepreneur i want to hear from you i'm not 100 sure what we're going to do with this podcast series so i'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts and of course i'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people if you're looking for a supporter or advisor a silent partner or even an investor to support your growth i can help please contact me via the rask website finally if this podcast or the course helps you i only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend colleague or family member who runs a business thanks for listening